up, everybody, and welcome to Tailgate Talks. This is the tailgate word. Today, we'll be discussing some NFL news that Dustin has for us that he's very excited about. And we also got March Madness to break down. So we're going to break down all the regions that Texas Tech is not in. Uh, so have our upsets, Final Four predictions, and National Championship predictions coming up there. This is week 75 of doing this, the big 75. So make sure you are following us on Apple and Spotify, guys. Give us those five-star ratings, five stars to get into our tailgate, okay? And also give us a rate, give us a review. If you listen on Apple, give us a review. This week, if you're listening and want to give us that review, list your national championship team uh, in that review. We greatly appreciate it. Also, follow us on social media. You can follow us at tailgate underscore talks on twitter you can follow our personal twitter accounts dustin at dustin wimmer 22 myself at calvin b barrett you can also follow us on facebook where we do our live shows every week and we are also on instagram we also have our youtube channel which is back up and running now we posted a video last week so feel free to go check that out subscribe to the channel and ring the bell let you know every time a new video is posted and email us at tailgatetalkspod at gmail.com. Let's get into the tailgate. Are you ready for the football? All right. NFL time. Free agency has started. People have been cut. People have been added. And most importantly, Tom Brady is back, folks. He retired for 40 days and woke up and was like, you know what? Oh, it smells like the NFC is really easy to win and I'm coming back. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly what it looks like. And I don't blame him. The no. NFC South is a joke. Russell Wilson just got traded out of the NFC. The AFC is a gauntlet. It's pretty much Tom Brady and the Bucks, and Aaron Rodgers and the Packers. And then there's some teams below that, but not really. I think he saw an easy road and a good roster and some, like he said, unfinished business. He's like, this is an easy choice to come back. Brooks, what do you think about the King coming back? Yeah, I was never really, I never fully believed he was retired. I think I said it right after. I'll believe he's retired when it's week one in the NFL and he's not playing. Yep. So I never really believed it. There was rumors out there that San Francisco was, uh, you know, something on his mind, but Ultimately, I, you know, San Francisco wouldn't have been a bad decision, but neither is Tampa Bay. Like you said, that division's right. pretty shitty. You got, you know, the Saints who are trying to figure out their, you know, future without Sean Payton. Uh, who knows what the fuck the Panthers are doing? And you know, the Falcons can. We'll are, talk about are, them. Are the are the Falcons? And you know, they have some pipe dreams as well. Yeah, but. Yeah, I mean, I think he did the same thing Rodgers kind of did is he saw the path to the Super Bowl is a lot easier here. Uh-huh. And I also think he made his decision a little too quick after the season. I, I, yes. I've listened to a lot of podcasts and stuff, and they're like, man, you got to let you got to let it sit. You can't make those decisions that quick. And so I think he made it a little quicker than he wanted to, sat there, realized, you know what, I'm not done yet. Uh, I'm still playing pretty damn good football. And so, hey, we'll gladly have you back, Tom. Yeah, no kidding. And I think he also made a very conscious decision of when he came back because he came back days before free agency tampering started. So 
some of these guys that can come back will not drift off as far um, and come back and help the team out. And so I think that was very smart as well and not dragging this out. <clears throat> so I'm just going to go through a quick long list or go through this long list quickly um, with what's been happening over the last like two or three days. A lot of cuts, trades, this and that. Just some notable stuff. Brooks, if you want in there, literally just pipe in and cut me off and we'll get you in. Um, There's only a few things that I'm, I'm, I want to talk about, so I'll, I'll, I'll be sure. All right. First one, Aaron Rodgers' contract came out. It is a five-year, $180-something million deal. The last two years are pretty much worthless, but it still works out that he saved the money this year. So the close estimate of four and $200 million pretty much right there. So he's trying to help it out by staying in a good situation uh, up there. So they still made some cuts with Zadarius Smith, um, who might be interested in going to the Cowboys, which is the team I want to go to next. Well, real quick on that one, yeah. I think the news that I'm waiting for there is it seems like that Packers and Devontae Adams aren't really anywhere near a deal. And he, there was a report out saying that he didn't want to play on their franchise tag, that he would sit out under yeah. the franchise tag. So I don't, I don't know what you believe in that, but I mean, I think obviously one of the reasons you go back to play for the Packers, if you're Rogers is to play with one of the best receivers in the NFL. And, and then if you can't sign him, yes. yeah. So that, that, that's something, something interesting to watch. To watch. Yeah. Yes. Um, so Cowboys, a lot going on with the Dallas Cowboys. Of course, we're talking the Dallas Cowboys. <laughs> what a day. Oh my God. They trade. Amari Cooper to the Browns, basically for a fifth-round pick. Um, I told Brooks that's a that's been a waste because he's a really good receiver, especially for Dak Prescott. And they basically they, they traded him for a first-round pick, which at the time was a good deal, and still was until you only got a fifth-round back for him. So you traded the first for a fifth-round pick to the Browns. Like what? What the fuck, guys? I know you needed to save twenty million dollars with him. I think we could have found a better way to do it. <laughs> yeah, and I think y'all could have got a little bit more in return for that. Exactly. A couple other Cowboys notes. You probably, well, he'll probably chime in on the last one. Cedric Wilson, wide receiver, and an offensive lineman go to the Dolphins. The Cedric Wilson news is it's not it's a decent blip on Raider just because of Amari Cooper, yeah. uh, the lineman, whatever. Then. You know, early reports this morning where Randy Gregory and the Cowboys had a deal in place and then literally going out to get lunch and I get an ESPN alert that Randy Gregory has signed with the Denver Broncos out of nowhere. What the fuck, Randy Gregory? It feels kind of like, remember the DeAndre Jordan to the Mavs kind of situation <laughs> where it's like he's going to the Mavs and then got locked out and then he went to the back to the Clippers. Oh. Uh, like what happened? Because I was like you, I saw that they re-signed him. And then I saw a tweet like about the Broncos thing surprise or something. I was like, wait a minute, what happened? I, I, I guess I missed it. And then, yep, sure enough. Yeah, that's a big loss because when he's out on the field, he's really good. Yeah, he had a career a lot year of times last year too, in the last right? few years, but I think he's got himself straightened out. And last year had a really good year. Um, he missed a few games for injury, but really good. And to, I mean, good for the Broncos because that's a great third defensive end to have in their rotation. Like, wow. But, man, that sucks for the Cowboys. Do you think you'll be able to replace it with there's report – or not really reports, but Von Miller is kind of a name that I've seen. 
Um, well, so that's the thing. We'll talk about him in a minute. Like, uh, Demarcus Lawrence restructured his deal to make room for this money. <laughs> and Randy Gregory just, like, throws yeah. it back in his face. Like, I don't get it. Yeah, I think you have to go find it somewhere. I mean, it's pretty obvious. I mean, you're a yeah. team that can go to the playoffs, and you need another defensive end now. Um, they did re-sign Michael Gallup as well. How much they'll get out of him next year, we'll see coming off a knee injury. One other thing. So the Browns got Amari Cooper in that trade. You might say, oh, now the Browns got Jarvis Landry and Amari Cooper. No, as soon as they got Amari Cooper, they were like, Jarvis Landry, you can seek a trade out. And then they're like, all right, the next day, we're just going to cut you. So Jarvis Landry's a free agent all of a sudden. He's a really good wide receiver, and I think he helped turn the Browns around um, culture-wise. He's been really good when he was with the Dolphins that sucked and with the Browns that sucked and made them better. Very good, reliable receiver. The Chargers went on a spending spree. Usually not what they like to do, but, man, they went on a good spending spree. We talked last week. They got Mike Williams. And then earlier this week they got cornerback J.C. Jackson to add to their defense. They also got – and I can't remember which defensive in – oh, they got Khalil Mack in a trade. That's what they did. So they've been going spending money trying to get back in that AFC West that is hot right now with teams making moves. They're Um, trying to do the we've got a good young quarterback who we haven't had to pay yet. Let's go load up and let's go make a run at the Super Bowl. And uh, so last two big points I want to make here. The Jacksonville Jaguars are spending their money very stupidly. They're trying to sign as many guys with that have been hurt, but also think they have high ceilings, which they probably don't anymore. <laughs> Christian Kirk, decent, good receiver, but they obviously overpaid for a guy who's been hurt quite often. Evan Ingram, eh, probably not great, but <laughs> overpaid for a tight end who hasn't panned out. But then they cut guys like Miles Jack. They did make one good signing in – Pro Bowl guard Brandon Sheriff from Washington. He's a really good guy to have in front of Trevor Lawrence. So at least they made one good signing out of all that. And last bit of news I want to talk about is Deshaun Watson is back in the fold for a lot of teams. He was either cleared or won't be charged with whatever was going on with him. So the trade market for him is very hot right now. Um, the Saints, Falcons, Panthers, and Browns have all been rumored to be in on him and have met with him. I don't know where the Texans are with them, but I think they got to meet with him first. He's got no trade clause in all that. Brooks, I'm sure you got a comment for me on the Deshaun Watson stuff. Do you not? I mean, yeah, it's interesting to watch. It's, it's still such a bizarre situation because of everything that he went through. Sure. Um, you know, what side you fall on. I was listening to Levitard's show today and they were just talking about what do you do as a fan if he's on your team? Like, how do you balance the morals of of rooting sure. for a guy with sure. this in his past versus also like just wanting your team to be successful? <laughs> so yeah. it's very uh, complicated, Good uh, point. I think. And uh, I'm not a fan of his anymore. And, you know, I used to like him. I thought he was very fun, um, but – 
you know, he might be a new enemy number one type thing, which is sure. always have the fun. Uh, it's fun to have players that you root against, but it, it'll be interesting to see what teams ultimately, you know, step up their game here to try to get him because there's a lot of interesting franchises right now that are trying to find their new identity here. You know, Steelers just got Mitchell Trubisky. Right. Some teams have already moved on and made moves. Yeah. So so they made that move. Um, But there's, you know, 49ers are kind of a rumored in there. Mm -hmm. But Saints, Falcons, like you said. Right now the early list is Saints, Falcons, Browns, and Panthers. And out of that list, I think the Falcons are your best bet. Yeah, I would say Panthers, Falcons, and Saints all have a little bit of a better chance there. But, um, I mean, it's interesting. I know the Panthers have long been rumored for him. Even last year, before all this stuff broke, they were one of the favorites to land him with Miami. But uh, who knows, man? Especially if you're in the NFC, I think you've got to take advantage of this you know, while you can, because like we said with Tom Brady, with Aaron Rodgers, it's kind of wide open. And if you feel like your team's ready, if you feel like you've got a chance, it's kind of like one of those win now windows you've got, if you have the opportunity to take it, you got to take it, I think. Um, And we all know the NFL is about money and winning and putting those morals aside to do so. So he'll, he'll have a market. That's for sure. And that's what we've seen over the last few days. Yeah. So last thing I got is some big name free agents that are still out there. Armstead, the offensive tackle from the Saints, he will be very highly touted because very good left tackle, only like 30 years old. There's going to be plenty of teams that want him. Um, and, Brooks, if you want in, like if I mentioned somebody, go ahead and jump in here. Vaughn Miller, we talked about, could be a very good replacement in Dallas or go back to Denver. Who knows? Maybe not anymore. But I'm sure teams will very much want a guy like Vaughn Miller. There's a really good uh, – second wide receiver market now you got Jarvis Landry out there who's reported to the Chiefs and the Saints man if the Chiefs can make that move ooh, what an upgrade that would be for them yeah that's what that's what I was gonna talk about is there's there's some really good options and I think the Chiefs have to capitalize on adding another weapon like they've had they have Tariq Hill and Travis Kelsey which is really nice but I think what they've been lacking is that third guy so and here's our got some, here's our uh, list of second wide receivers real quick: Jarvis Landry, Allen Robinson, um, MVS from Green Bay, and Juju Smith. I think Juju or Jarvis Landry is a great yeah. fit for Kansas City. I think I would be really happy with either of those if I'm a Holmes. Adds to your weapons that you have already, which are very impressive. But having that third guy that you can count on, and and Jarvis is I think really really underrated as a receiver, yep. big time. And, and in that offense, I think he would be incredible. Very much. Very, very much. Yeah, I mentioned that when you stepped out for a minute, how good he has been on terrible teams and not great offenses. And yeah. throw him in as the number three pass catcher on that offense. Yeah. I always joke about what I love about Jarvis's uh, Lampetard show. always jokes about him as the – uh, every catch that he has is as long as a CVS receipt, which is yeah. Like he two he yards. runs just a slant route <laughs> and go across the middle for three yeah. yards, but he ran forty five for it. He had a year with like hundred and twelve catches yes. for nine hundred. <laughs> yep, I know exactly which season you're talking about. That's crazy. Uh, and then a couple good uh, defensive players to mention here: Chandler Jones, defensive end from the Cardinals. 
Bobby Wagner, Tyron Matthew, the Honey Badger, and Stefan Gilmore are out there. So there's some good secondary and linemen out there. And I think Bobby Wagner's a sneaky good pick. If you have some good young linebackers to tag him along into to teach them some things and then probably lead your team in tackles. <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> a good you, addition. Yeah, I don't know why you wouldn't. Uh, was, did I see Micah Parsons trying to get him over? Was it was? Oh, I didn't. If there was, I missed it, and it might just be some rumors. He sent like a tweet out when it was like at Von Miller and then at Bobby Wagner, I think. But yeah, I mean, obviously you want you want a guy like that in your team. Obviously, Seattle's just trying to rebuild, so that's why they got right. rid of him. But he's still one of the best linebackers in the game. Any other cuts, additions, or moves that you had listed that I didn't go through? Yeah, um, did you talk about Carson Wentz when I was on there? Because no, that's sorry. a huge move. <laughs> Carson Wentz to the Washington Commanders next. <laughs> I just thought it, it, it's pretty funny how they traded for him and then he loses in that Jaguars game and it's boom, goodbye, see you later. And now, sorry, yeah, so Washington. Are in the quarterback market as well. They'll be finding something. Um, yeah, I don't really think there's anything else right now that's really caught my eye. I think, you know, the Chiefs and Tyron Matthew, that, that was interesting. They signed the former Texan safety, Justin Reed, for that position. Also good so, signing, but he's so, not yeah, good Tyron signing. Matthew. I think Tyron Matthew is one of the best secondary players in the yeah. league. Just kind of like one of those guys who always knows what's happening before. So, it, you know, Justin Reed's a good player, but I thought that was an interesting move today. Yeah. That that kind of caught my eye. Um, other than that, yeah, I think I'm – think I'm All right, man, I want to get through that decently quick. No, we're like 20 minutes, 15 minutes in, but uh wanted to get through that really quick. A lot going on. Um, but, yeah, I'll hand it over to you for some quick NBA so we can get to some bracket talk by the end of this. All right, we're going to keep it quick for you guys in the NBA this week so we can discuss March Madness, the thing that's on everybody's mind right now. We've got play-in games happening, and so we want to get to that quick. But first, a couple quick news items to update. First on the list over the weekend, the Nets and the 76ers met for the first time since their blockbuster trade at the trade deadline. Of course, still no Ben Simmons back, so not the full matchup, but... Ben Simmons did travel to uh, the 76ers uh, game there in Philadelphia to the, uh, you know, a lot of fans out there booing him. There was guys giving out like dick shirts with his face on it. Uh, It was their version of the Chris Beard return and things did not go well for the Philadelphia 76ers. They got absolutely destroyed by the Nets. Kyrie and Kevin Durant went the fuck off. James Harden did that thing where he always sucks in big games. He did that. I think he was like one for 13 from the field or something like that. Just terrible numbers. Dustin, I know you got the Nets. You've been a fan of them. And so your quick thoughts on on that that, uh, game, which was highly anticipated. Yeah, I think Philly fans are the freaking best professional, like, fan base ever. They turned it up so fast on – on him, like with the T-shirt saying "dickhead" and the "f you" Ben Simmons chants in the stands, like yeah, it was very collegiate, like 
atmosphere yeah. for a professional game and professional athletes. I love it. <laughs> yeah, you kind of like those when you get them in professional sports, right? Because you, as mainly college fans here, you relate to that, right? Like we relate to that specifically. We had kind of something, you know, coaching wise, but right. it felt very similar watching that crowd's animosity towards him and just things going completely wrong, which was kind of made it even better. But uh, some other quick news tidbits for you guys this week. Last night, Carl Anthony Towns dropped 60 points on the San Antonio Spurs. The that is a lot of that is a lot of points. It's the high point on the season so far, and he's a center, one of the best shooting big men uh, at his position. Three point ever. champion, three point champion, Carl Anthony Towns. So pretty impressive performance from him, and an interesting team this season in the Timberwolves, a team that's kind of on a hot streak right now. They're going to be fighting to stay out of that playing game stuff here lately, and they've been playing pretty good basketball. Uh, they got Pat Bev on their team, who I'm not a big fan of, but for some reason he just, I don't know, gets to a team and changes their culture a little bit. And they've got a young and budding star in Anthony Edwards. So it's an interesting team to keep an eye on here down the stretch and kind of see where they end up in the in the playoffs, if they end up having to play in the one of those play-in games or if they end up getting that six seed where they don't. And so Kyrie keep an Irving eye on that team. That 60. He just had that 60. Wow. <laughs> the NBA lately in scoring has been absurd. We have had two 50-pointers from LeBron. Kevin Durant had 53 uh, over the weekend. Carl Anthony Towns had 60, and I guess Kyrie Irving has 60. That is a Nets and a Kyrie record. What do you bet? Kevin Durant tries to break that very soon. You bet. <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> Tomorrow. But, yeah. So apparently everybody can score 60 points now in the NBA. So tune in to whatever games are going tomorrow night when Nikola Jokic breaks 60 points or whatever. <laughs> and the other assists. and the other notable news item this week is Draymond Green made his return to the Golden State Warriors. And so this was the first game that Clay, Draymond, and Steph have all played together since 2019. And so the Warriors got Clay back, but had lost Draymond, who is a significant part of that roster. So they kind of were struggling there for the stretch, but ultimately they get Draymond Green back healthy. Dustin, what are you thinking this does for the Warriors as we head, you know, down the home stretch here? And they finally kind of have their team back to full health. Yeah, exactly. Like he's he's their X factor, like defensively wise, and just moving the ball as like a pseudo point guard. Yeah. And then, like, at the top of the key, literally every time I watch an NBA show about their analysis, they're just like, oh, just wait till Draymond gets back. Just wait till Draymond gets yeah. back. And, yeah, he's he might not do much on the stat sheet, but on the court, he does a ton for them. So, big, 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 big plus. Yeah, you're so right. And I think that's what a lot of people forget about is that offense – Sure, Steph Curry's the star, but most of it moves through Draymond. Right. Steph is more of an off-ball, move around, run you to death, get that open look, and then sure, he can do anything he wants with the dribble. But when it's just him out there, it's a lot more easy to defend. And when you got Draymond, he's able to initiate the offense. It doesn't always have to go through Steph. And, you know, Clay isn't a creator. He's more of a 
uh, get his shot, shoot it. But so good for them to have him back as they gear up for a, you know, possible championship run that makes them a much more dangerous team uh, once the playoffs start having him fully healthy. So we'll see if he's, you know, regular Draymond or if it takes him a little bit to get back. But, you know, for NBA news, we're trying to keep it quick for you guys this week. So that was our NBA shotgun. We got through it pretty quickly <laughs> this week. And yeah. so catch us next week. We'll maybe do a little more deep dive on it, uh, catch you up on anything as, you know, the playoffs get closer and closer. So let's move on to the big event. March Madness is set to kick off. March Madness is here, folks, and we are as excited as you guys. It's the most wonderful time of the year from a you know basketball fan perspective. You have starting Thursday, four straight days of basketball, just so much basketball, upsets, domination, you know, all the March Madness storylines. So let's let's Get into it, Dustin. We're going to kind of go through these brackets. Each region kind of let you know what teams we're picking, uh, upsets that we see, and ultimately we'll make our Final Four and National Championship uh, predictions. So let's catch you up on what we did in Club Red. If you want to hear it, go back and listen. That's where he broke down the West region, uh, which is the region that Texas Tech is in as the three seed. So there, uh, Dustin had... Gonzaga over Texas Tech to the Final Four. Uh, I had Gonzaga over Texas Tech as well. Dustin, uh, fill them in on some other little things that you had from the West region there. Yeah, my only big upset was Davidson over Michigan State in the first round. I don't consider Memphis, Boise State, that 9-8 upset. That's a coin flip game right there. Um, Gonzaga over UConn in that Sweet 16 matchup. But obviously, Texas Tech's got to go through the roughest road of the six, the two, and the one to try to get to the final four. So that's where I have the West falling. Dustin has that, and I also have a very similar West. I do have a couple more upsets. I have Vermont upsetting Arkansas in the first round, and I'm hoping that Rutgers or Notre Dame upsets Alabama so Texas Tech can – you know, slide into that sweet 16. But yeah, we both have Texas Tech ending Coach Case coaching career and ultimately falling to Gonzaga in the Elite Eight. But let's move on to some other regions with some other teams. Dustin, let's start off in the South region. Um, let's start off with games we're looking for, uh, looking forward to in this region. I think there's a lot of fun first round matchups here. What games are you eyeing in that um, in that first round? Ooh, my South region. So this is actually my most chalky region. Oh, the chalk region for Dustin. Till the end. Um, so yeah, obviously I got. So I say that just because Sweet Sixteen, I have the one, two, three, four. My first round kind of big upset. Well, I actually have two. So I say chalky, oh, and then I backtrack on myself. Chicago Loyola, Sister Jean. They're gonna upset Ohio State right there. On the other end of a Big Ten matchup. Michigan, I have upsetting Colorado State in that one. So I have those two there, even though one, two, three, and four of Arizona, Illinois, Tennessee, Villanova, all making it to the Sweet 16. I also have TCU, Big 12 team right there. 
winning their first game uh, against Seton Hall. Yeah, I think this is an interesting bracket because that Loyola, Chicago, and Michigan, they might be the low seeds, but they're actually like favorites. And so it's it's kind of bizarre, but I have them – I have both of them pulling the upset off as well. But those are probably the two that I'll be watching the cl- closest because I think those will be pretty damn good games. Of course, Colorado State uh, got that six seed, a team that you're not really sure if – you know, they haven't had to play the same amount of teams that Michigan has. But we've also seen Big Ten teams be disappointing in the tournament. Right. Looking back to last year where they all just kind of lost in the first or second rounds. So um, ultimately, Dustin, where, where do your picks go as this bracket unfolds uh, uh, through the stretch? We got your upset picks. We got your games to watch. How do you have this South region unfolding? See, I actually have the end of this bracket kind of tearing apart. I got Illinois and Tennessee meeting up in that Elite Eight game and Illinois pulling out in that one. Mm. So I know we talked trash the Big Ten a little bit there in the front end, but I think one – team with a giant man in the middle of Illinois with Kofi Cockburn, Cockburn, something like that. He's just a massive human that can play basketball really well. I think he's a head case to have to play. I have a similar final or uh, elite eight there or sweet 16. Sorry, my bad. (laughs) Fuck up there. I have Arizona over (laughs) Illinois and I have Tennessee over Villanova. And then I yeah. have Arizona ultimately going mm-hmm. on. I, I think uh, a lot of my reasonings, I, it's hard for me to trust Illinois after what they did to me last year. I was mm-hmm. very confident in them making it to the championship game. And then they lost in yep. the second round. So I think some of that sticks with me. And I know you can't judge a team off what they Maybe did Maybe that's last why year. it was so easy to like keep moving them on is that uh, – hangover from last year of like, oh yeah, they're good. And he and their best player when he's back, like now yeah, you and I haven't second guessing before. And I haven't watched a whole lot of Big Ten basketball, but you know, uh, they, I think they were supposed to be better than, than they ended up having. I, but Arizona is also a team that I haven't really paid a whole lot of attention to. See, but that's I have my a, problem. A lot of, I don't know enough about Arizona, and people yeah. love them. People love them. Their numbers check out. I've looked at all their, you know, offensive numbers look good. They have their defensive players. They, uh, they have the high praise of most right. of the college basketball people that I listen to. So I, ultimately I just, I felt like going with Arizona against Tennessee, Tennessee has been playing really good basketball yeah, as of late as well. Yep. So I think that's kind of why I'm riding Tennessee uh, yep. at this point, but ultimately I got Arizona prevailing out of this region and you had Tennessee. I have Illinois. Oh, Illinois, Illinois. That might change by Thursday now that you have me thinking more Arizona, but we'll see if that happens. <laughs> yeah, I just – I don't know, man. I don't, Going I don't know Illinois enough. for now. That's what's in the book. And I, and I also keep thinking back to Pac-12 teams doing so much better than everybody else last year. So I think I have a little bit of that in my mind as well. Fun fact, so, there were more Pac-12 teams in the Sweet 16 last year than there are in the tournament this year. Yeah. What there's USC, <laughs> Arizona, and UCLA. There's three. I think that's it. Yeah, it's very yeah. small. Yeah, crazy. So maybe, maybe that's also why I'm just like, you know what? Maybe Bill Walton is right, and Pac-12 just does much maybe. better in these tournaments. Who knows? Let's move on to the Midwest region here, Dustin. Midwest region, Kansas, your number one seed. Mm-hmm. Auburn, your number two seed in this region. 
Uh, what have you got as your kind of intriguing first-round games, maybe teams on upset alert? I should have set, saved this. Now I look at it more. This is my chalk region. Holy crap. Literally have no upsets in the first round. And that includes Providence beating South Dakota State, which I know you're going to fight me on. Yeah. Um, but, man, I've just seen so much of Kansas that I like them to win this region. I've watched Auburn play a couple games, too. I have Kansas over Iowa and then Auburn over Wisconsin in the Sweet 16 and then Kansas beating Auburn. Um, but, yeah, honestly, I see no other upsets. Just <sighs> Iowa's hot that 5-12 matchup against Richmond. I wanted to take the Spiders just because they're just the, one of the coolest logos and teams to root for just because they're the Richmond Spiders. <laughs> right. Um, Providence, they have enough fight in them to at least win this first game. Uh, Iowa State, I've said all year, they're trash. They probably can't be LSU. Um, yeah, that's that's about it from there. I see – I see favorites kind of winning out in this Midwest. I don't have a lot of upsets either. Uh, I'm pretty much all chalk, except for I do have South Dakota State over the luckiest fucking team in all of college basketball, Providence. And you can I look know. on Ken Palm. They have the most luck. They get all the calls when you need them, like just when we played them. Uh, and, you know, they haven't been playing very good. They got destroyed, destroyed by Creighton in their tournament. I just don't have any I good know. feelings about them. And South Dakota State's playing hasn't lost a game since like December. True. Uh, and I think Providence is only a two point favorite. So it, I know. So I just see. Like, this I know. Too. I know you want to say it's luck, but I feel like after it's a whole season of luck, like it's not lucky anymore. Like it just is how their games shake out. Like we played them. It's they literally like it was a slugfest between us two. Like. Probably the least prettiest game of the year to watch. Like even the our Tennessee, Tennessee games, up even there. <laughs> our Tennessee game was better to watch. I think. Like, no, I don't think they're good, but I think they can win the first game. <laughs> I think if if you yeah. if you prove me wrong, though, I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, I think if there is an upset to pick in this one, that's got to be it because like the other teams are all playing really well right now. I I don't see Kansas getting upset until maybe the elite eight or something. Iowa's playing really great basketball right now. I don't see them losing to Richmond early in Wisconsin, USC, Auburn. I, I feel like they all have pretty favorable matchups. So yeah. with you, like I, I'm chalk pretty much where else I do have, I have the same. I've Kansas over Iowa and Auburn over Wisconsin, mm -hmm. but I ended up going with Auburn over Kansas to make the final four there. I just, I feel like every year Bill Self's team has a favorable matchup and then like, coughs up a game that they should have won and i feel like this is it <laughs> and so that's why i have auburn knocking them I'm, off I'm, there i think i'm probably just biased because i think kansas is really good even though we play them really oh, well yeah. i think they're so good and I this mean, isn't a knock against kansas for me it's just like every tournament they have a game and where they just lose one that you feel like they should have won and i feel like this is kind of where it ends for them i don't see any, you know, Iowa would kind of make me nervous for them too. And so I just feel like, I feel like they're a prime team for. Jillian talked me out of Iowa. I got some big 10 scoops from her. I was carrying Leon most of the way, but I had them going a little further. And she was like, no, they just got real hot late. They'll probably come back down to earth. I mean, yeah. looking at the quick little 
matchup. They're two and five versus top twenty-five teams. I mean, twelve and eight in the Big Ten. Mm, I think Kansas can handle them, or they'll cool yeah. down by then. I think that's important uh, to reevaluate because, yeah, teams can go on run in a tournament and then immediately turn around and lose all that steam. Like you're playing that many games yeah, in a row. Like, if if Iowa was more of a streaky hot team, then I'd be okay with it. But if they were this team and then the last couple of weeks they've turned it on way more than expected, I don't know if I believe that. All right, so with one region to go, we have me and uh, me and Dustin both have Gonzaga from the west. I have Arizona from the south. Dustin has Illinois from the south. And Dustin has Kansas from the Midwest, while I have Auburn. So last region, the East region, Baylor, your one seed, Kentucky, your two seed in this region. Dustin, as each region, your upset alerts, your uh, games to watch, and everything oh, yeah. you got from this region. This is my upset region. I have an 10, upset region. 11, and 12 winning their first games. Wow. So that would be the number 10 San Francisco over Murray State. That's actually going to be a really, really good first first round game. Yeah. Um, I was listening to Pardon My Take earlier today, and Big Cat has a good point that it sucks that we have two mid-low major teams having to play first round. Like, they should get to play Texas and Virginia Tech. Like, big they time team. Or they like, could have like more USC, fun Miami. to have them play the big schools. Rather than have to fight each other, you know? They could have switched, like, San Francisco with Miami and had San Francisco playing USC and Murray State playing Miami. Even that would have been, I think, a little bit more intriguing. But, yeah, 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 I was with them on that point. Ryan, too. I'm going to take Virginia Tech 11 over the number six Texas Longhorns just because out of spite. And Virginia Tech went on a really good run and won the ACC tournament. So they're actually playing really well. Spite and I actually really – I'm picking Virginia Tech because I believe that they're going to win, not just team. the spite. Yeah. <laughs> and then I'm going to roll with Julian's Indiana Hoosiers if they can win this play-in game. And I'm going to take them to go two rounds. And that means they're going to upset UCLA second round yeah, sure. for me. But right now they're down to Wyoming. But if they can't beat Wyoming, I'm going to not have Wyoming going anywhere. <laughs> Yeah, I'm only rolling with the Hoosiers on that upset, but in the end, it comes down to Baylor and Kentucky. I think in the final or the Elite Eight there, um, and I think Baylor just with how many injuries they've had and moving parts, I think Kentucky's the better team over the course of the year, and I think Kentucky gets the better of them, and Kentucky moves on for me in this region. All right, my East, I've got a couple upsets in here. And, and kind of like yours, mine is all depending on the outcome of the Indiana-Wyoming yep. game. Uh, I have that temporarily here. If Wyoming ends up winning that one, I think I'm going to go back and change it to St. Mary's. Same. Um, but I, I also have Virginia Tech over Texas. I just, you know, it is biased against Texas. But I also do think Virginia Tech is playing pretty good basketball right now. They won the ACC tournament, uh, beat a stretch of pretty good teams there to do it. And then, you know, just the way Texas has been playing, I just don't see it happening. So I've got that. Um, I do have Murray State over San Francisco there. I I do think Murray State's kind of underrated. 
And I think that's a popular upset pick, but I think that's, that's one that they'll be able to handle. I, I'm, that's probably the, one of the first round games I'm most excited about is yeah, this one. Definitely. And, and I'll be tuned into that Texas Virginia tech game. Just hoping that Virginia tech pulls that off, but I, I've got it chalk from there on out. I got Baylor, UCLA, um, Baylor pulling that one out. And I've got Purdue over Kentucky um, there. And then I'm going with the offensive powerhouse in Purdue to upset Baylor and go to the final four from this region. So I've got Purdue making it out of the East right now. Now this Why? could possibly change because this, this is the region I'm having. Tell me more about your Purdue Kentucky. I just think Purdue has a lot more offensively right now. They average and the same. They, but they have, <laughs> they have that. I can't remember his name, but he's really fucking good. Jaden Ivy. He's supposed to be a yeah. top pick. He's just really good. And this you know, Kentucky probably, has probably the player of the year, right? Yeah, Oscar Tshiebwe. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah. We know we him know very that. well. We know that. We know that. I just. Man, this is a t- this is probably the toughest region for me because I, I could see going all the way. I could see Baylor, I could see Kentucky, I could see Purdue, I could see UCLA, all making it out of this region, and it wouldn't shock me. Um, I do think this is the most open region. This is probably one that I will definitely change before because I I've had I, earlier I had Kentucky. And I was looking at it, and I was like one, one, two, two, and maybe I need to get a little bit of a variety in there. Have a three. Yeah, like seed. you just said, like one through four, if they made it out, wouldn't be surprised. And UCLA is the intriguing one to me because they pretty much returned that team that almost made it to the championship game last year, right? Um, with Johnny Juzang and a lot of those guys, so they're back, so they have that tournament experience. So it wouldn't shock me if they were able to pull off a run. Uh, this one probably I'll return to. Um, I, I don't know. What, what, what was your toughest region to figure out? Because, you know, I, I think for both you and me, I think the South was relatively easy. Like the high seeds kind of prevail there. I think Tex region in the West was a pretty easy one to figure out. Um, same with the Midwest. I kind of have my four teams in the Midwest that I feel really confident about. This one, it, this one's tough to, this one was tough for me to, choose which one's going to really come out on top. I don't know. I haven't really looked at that or thought about that. Um, I like just the aspects of each bracket, you know, Tex, the West bracket is the big name coaching and school bracket. Yeah. The East is probably the most open at the top there. I think you convinced me to change Kentucky. I think you convinced me. I mean, I'm just saying every point you made for Purdue, Kentucky has a slight edge. <laughs> you don't have to change it. I was well, just... their, their offensive numbers on like Kim Palm and stuff are better. Um, I think my toughest region their defense that I'm sucks. back is that South region. Just because I don't know enough about some of these teams. Yeah. Like, I kind of want to take Villanova all the way just because we're very familiar with them. I'm more familiar with them than any other team. So Uh, what are your thoughts on filling out multiple brackets, Dustin? I know you're kind of a person that you only do one fantasy league. You only only do one bracket. You only keep one bracket. I only do one bracket. I'm not telling everybody else how to do it, but 
my thought process is I don't want to be rooting for multiple outcomes at a time. I have my outcome and this is what I want. So I fall in the other camp, but let me, let me explain to you why I do a lot of different brackets and, and um, maybe you'll like my, some of the reasonings why I do, and maybe you don't, I do like my real bracket. And this is the bracket that I'm reading now is the one that I submit to all my competitions. And I only submit that one bracket. I don't like submit multiple brackets to competitions. I only do one when I'm competing in other things, but for me personally, I like to do, so I do my real bracket, which is what we went through. I do my Texas Tech wins it all bracket, just gots to as a Tech yeah. fan. Um, and then I do my like crazy upsets bracket, like one where I just like have chaos going on where you have like your crazy teams make the final four. And I do one of those just for fun. And then I go through and I, I do these more for like research and just kind of like watching and seeing what teams end up prevailing. But I like going through Ken Palm yeah. and I do a bracket and – only the every game I pick the team that has the highest highest offensive rating. Oh, okay. And then I do one with the highest defensive rating. So, like the highest offensive rating this year is Gonzaga. So Gonzaga won the championship in that bracket. The highest defensive rating is your Texas Tech Red Raiders. So they win that one. And then I'll like <laughs> do some with some funny stats like turnover efficiency, um, just some random ones like that. I'll just go through and like the turnover efficiency one's gonna obviously suck because I think like one of the 15 seeds had the lowest. Oh, so, the Wyoming coach got teed up. Oh shit. So I like to do like some crazy brackets like that, just doing not like just randomly picking, but going through and like looking at stats and then picking out and kind of seeing how things turn out in those brackets. Like do the offensive team bracket end up succeeding more? Does the defensive team bracket end up succeeding more? So I kind of do some things like that. I do love filling out brackets though. It's, it's fun for me. I can sit there and just, you know, I'll probably go back through this bracket that we ran through now and make some tweaks and changes because doesn't yeah. maybe change my mind on one or two things, but I don't know. It's fun for me. Um, I know it's fun for a lot of people. So I was just curious about your, I knew you're one bracket kind of guy. I'm a one bracket kind of guy. All right. So we have our final fours. Dustin, who do you have playing in the championship and who do you have winning it all? Oh, yeah. Let me uh, load this bracket up bigger so I can get to my – so my final four, I have Gonzaga over Kentucky in that matchup, and I have Kansas over Illinois. So I know it sounds stupid, but two number one seeds meet up for the national championship, and Gonzaga finally wins their first national championship over Kansas in the championship game. All right. I changed my Purdue to Kentucky. <laughs> I do feel like, I don't know, SEC. But Kentucky is another one of those teams that always, like, never reaches their potential in the tournament, it feels like. But I do have Gonzaga over Kentucky, and I have Arizona over Auburn. And I'm going Arizona mm. over Gonzaga. Gonzaga continues their streak of not reaching a Final Four in, uh, pardon my takes, <laughs> uh legacy there uh after they lose this one i i i just i kind of had to do it i had to, i had to switch things up and go with somebody other than gonzaga it was hard to i i really do believe like gonzaga is gonna win it but i also I just think i went with them outside of obvious reasons but like they're gonna have that kind of like revenge tour almost like 
I feel like for years they've been hearing that they can't win at all. This will be their third national championship game in four years, I think. And obviously back to back, but trying to go finally win one. And some of that team is back from last year. And yeah, significant pieces too, we, like Drew Timmy and Drew Timmy. I think really wants to win this game, and so I think he he just wants to solidify that for Gonzaga, and he'd be a legend there forever. Yeah, um, it, it's tough to pick against him, but. I just feel like I just feel like it was gonna end up not falling in their favor again. <laughs> just kind of feel until they prove otherwise. Uh, I'm gonna take Arizona. So that is our NCAA tournament uh, roundup here. If you are following us on social media or anything like that, we've been posting about our bracket challenge. Uh, feel free to join us. You can message me or Dustin. If you have our personal phone numbers, text us. If you don't, and you just follow us on social media, at us, DM us. We will you know, send you the link to join the group. All you got to do is Venmo Dustin $20, and then he will send you the password to join. And it's a 60, 30, 10 payout. So last year we had a pretty good turnout for this. We gave out a pretty good prize pot so uh, feel free to join in on the challenge you'll be going up against me and Dustin and several other tailgate crashers so it was really fun last year make sure you get that entry in you have uh, pretty much Wednesday to get that done so we already got a pretty good turnout right now hoping to get some more and that way that prize pot is increased but that will do it for the NCAA tournament for this week check in next week when we'll be recapping the first Weekend of the event, previewing the Sweet 16 and Elite Eight matchups, and hopefully we've got Texas Tech still in there to preview that for. Uh, but excited! This is just it's such a great time of year to have you know five different TVs, all these games going on, catching up the crazy shots, crazy upsets, and all that stuff. So super looking forward to these next few days, and we will recap that next week. But Let's get into some shots, Dustin. We took a couple over the weekend, I think. <laughs> let's, let's let's recap our shot bets. We're good, streaky. Yeah. All right, shot bets from last week. We had Texas Tech against Iowa State. Texas Tech was seven and a half point favorites in this game. As mentioned in Club Red, Texas Tech dominated to get the win and cover. Dustin took or Dustin took Texas Tech in this one, so he got the shot bet win. I took Texas. Uh, I took Iowa State to cover in yeah. order as, but I did it because every time I take Tech. We end up like losing the game, so it was kind of like one of those reverse jinx. You things. did post that on Twitter. Somebody asked us. Yes, and you were like, there, well, I was doing the reverse jinx. There is proof out there, and it worked to perfection. Um, so I, I'll take the shot bet less on that one. I'm okay with that. The second shot bet was the Big Twelve championship game, which was set before we knew Tech was going to be there, but Tech ends up being a part of it. So it was Texas Tech versus Kansas, and Kansas was two and a half point favorites. Me and us in both. Took Kansas or took Tech to cover the two and a half points against Kansas. 
uh, in hopes that we would be hoisting up a Big 12 championship trophy. But ultimately, the refs took over and gave Kansas that Big 12 championship in their own backyard. So we both lose that shot bet. But as mentioned, me and Dustin were hanging out on Saturday and we had lots of shots. We have photo evidence. So um, we're not going to post it to social medias. But if you need proof that shots were paid off, Dustin has photos. I have photos. Show Um, me your shot bet first and then I'll show you yours. Exactly. That's a great idea. Show me yours. We'll show you ours. (laughs) And so I I don't know how many photos you had. I counted. So – I counted from my photos that we had seven and I knew we took a couple of photos on your phone. I have three on mine. You have three. So total of nine shots taken by both of us. I think he had 10 before this. So you, so that two for you, Dustin is down to one shot left and I covered the total of mine with those nine shots. Cause I had seven before this week, two more to it. So we got our shot bets taken care of. Uh, this weekend it was a good time. Yeah. Dustin's on spring break, Dustin, right now. So, um, this week's shot bets we will have Texas Tech minus 15 versus Montana State to start us off. Dustin, do you have a confidence pick on this one? Do you want to wait and see what the line does, or do, uh, do you want to go ahead and pick it right now while we got it at 15? I've, I've done it all year, and I'll go with Tech regardless of what the line goes with. All right. Dustin going with Texas Tech minus 15. I also am going Texas Tech minus 15. I feel like this is a matchup we should handle and one that we should win pretty easily. So confidence picks here on a Tuesday night. You're going to be listening to this on a Thursday. Um, So minus 15, Texas Tech, our shot bet number two. And I think we'll do a round of 32 matchup for this. It'll either be tech or maybe one of the top round of 32 games that we see where it's a, you know, close spread or something like that, that we find very intriguing. We'll update you as always on social media with that. So pay attention if you want to jump in and um, join us on that shot bet. So that's going to be our shot bets for this week. Dustin final shot time. What do you got for us this week? The only thing I have is not even sports-related, but it's the fact that daylight savings time is dead. The Senate approved, I don't know, something that says we're not going to mess with the clocks anymore. Hooray! Way to go, guys. No more daylight savings. We get more sunlight in the winter. You don't have to change your clocks, and it'd be pitch dark by 5 o'clock. About goddamn time. Dude, this daylight savings has killed me. I've been so exhausted these last few days. Like yesterday, I was sitting there at work, like falling asleep at work. And it's not like I went out or anything crazy. Like when we went out on Saturday night, we were home by 11. Yeah. And, but somehow this freaking thing is killing me. Um, so, yeah, do away with that bullshit. Um, yeah, good over. one. I don't know when it starts. If it's this year or next year, but it's over. It's dead. That's dead. Good. Baseball. Congratulations. Also 24 to zero. That's <laughs> that uh, a football game or a baseball game. What's going on? <laughs> um, my final shot is baseball is back. So last week when we left you guys here, baseball was still in a lockout, but it is a lockout. No more. Baseball has returned. Spring training is beginning. The new season is short uh, to begin. 
And so, yeah, baseball's back on our lives. Already yep. trades and free agent signings and all this stuff are going on. Matt Olson was traded from the A's to the Braves, signaling the end of Freddie Freeman's yep. career in Atlanta. Uh, Freddie Freeman is a desired free agent who has the Dodgers and the Red Sox as interested. Um, the there's a lot. The Yankees, as <laughs> always. Uh, Carlos Correa is still out there as a free agent right now. But – um, baseball's back and there's been a lot of moves happening with that. So good to have, um, one of your three major sports back in action and, uh, finally getting a season shortly underway for that. So, um, that's when you have anything else that you wanted to shout out before this, we close the tailgate for this week. Nope. Sit on your couch or at the bar as much as possible and soak in as much college basketball as you can because these are the best three weekends of sports and definitely of college basketball yes it is a great month indeed with basketball you know masters and everything going around so find your best drink sit down at your couch and enjoy the show but always remember to subscribe to the tailgate apple and spotify rate the tailgate five stars to get into the tailgate follow the tailgate on social media at tailgate underscore talks on twitter and as always we will catch y'all at the next tailgate peace